Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Amen. I want to read something to you. Uh, And it's funny because I kind of picked this up, and I didn't mean to share it, uh, but we need to hear it. It's titled, I Am With You Always. David Livingston, born in 1813, was a Scottish missionary, doctor, and explorer who helped open the heart of Africa to missions. Livingston went to Africa in 1840 and married Mary Moffat, the daughter of missionaries in 1844. Several years later, they made the difficult decisions, much like Ian's parents, that she would take the children back to England to be educated. During five lonely years of separation from his loved ones, his favorite verse, Lo, I am with you always, Matthew 28:20, was a treasured promise. After a brief visit home years passed before the children were old enough for Mary to return as a partner to his work. Not long after she rejoined him, malaria took her life despite his devoted medical care. Again, lo, I am with you always. Brought him comfort. Livingston implored and mapped Africa's interior looking for opportunities for future missionary work. He saw that the blackest horror on the continent was the slave trade and devoted his energies to stopping the traffic in human lives. He continued on through danger. I hope you heard that. He continued on through danger, even threats on his life, certain of one thing, low. I am with you always. Not having seen a white person in five years, that'd be kind of pretty tough for some of us, wouldn't it? That's a joke, guys. Lighten up, man. Lighten up. Wow, you guys are worse than I am right now, man. I'll say it again. I won't tell the joke. Not having seen a white person in five years, he's in Africa. Livingston looked up one day in 1871 to see Henry M. Stanley, who greeted him with the unforgettable words, which we all have heard, Dr. Livingston, I presume. Stanley was a reporter for, New, for the New York Herald, sent to see if Livingston was still alive and bring him back to, the, to civilization. Livingston would not return with Stanley, but forged deeper into Africa making some of his most valuable discoveries in the following two years. I don't want you to miss this. Nothing, nothing, guys, was more befitting of the life he lived than the way he died. On May 1st, 1873, Livingston was found in his tent, having died on his knees in prayer. His final moments were spent in the presence of the Lord, who had said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end. 
That's a message for some of us today, guys, that he is always with us. He will not leave us nor forsake us. Amen? You guys are going to have to lighten up tonight. I have a, I have a back, Baptist background, and it's okay to say amen. 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 Pastor Ed said it was okay for me to let you know. As long as we don't be jumping off the walls. Amen? Amen. amen. Hey, guys, uh, my title, did it surprise you? Lord, teach us to pray. Guys, I uh, oversee uh, some of the prayer ministries here uh, <clears throat> just for informational, uh, just for information for you guys. Uh, our, our men meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5.30s. Uh, we have uh, a prayer meeting at 7.45 on Sunday morning. Uh, you're always welcome, both men and women and children. Uh, the men will pray for the first service at 8.45 a.m. every Sunday. And then the women will come in and finish up for the 10.45 service at 10.45, at all women praying for the church. Uh, a great man said one time, uh, Pastor Sturgeon from London, that uh, the furnace of the church were men and women that were praying. And... Uh, it seems to be these days, in 2018, and, 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 and no offense to any of us, we just finished praying, but prayer has been put on the back burner. That is to say that uh, once, was, uh, once, was, once when prayer was valued uh, and considered to be one of the most powerful weapons in the church, we simply forgot about it somewhere. And... Uh, the Lord has called me uh, to be a, a hand to help us bring it back. And, and that is my heart. Prayer is my heart. I've uh, shared that with you guys uh, several times that uh, I grew up in Chicago and uh, I was out in the streets. Uh, Dad died early and mom raised five kids uh, and mom needed help and mom suddenly uh, turned into one of the prayer warriors of our family. And uh, I remember there were times when I would come in uh, from a day of being out playing ball or whatever, and I would pretend to be asleep, and my mother would come in and pray over me. And uh, I would be awake, but I would act like that I was sleeping. And uh, if there's a legacy that mom left me, it wasn't about money. It was about the legacy to continue in prayer. And uh, somehow that, you can say amen. amen. Somehow I, I, I caught that, you know. And uh, I was thinking, I was taking a walk today, and uh, I was alone today. My wife and I, we usually walk together, but I was thinking about it, even in my college days, uh, and I hope I don't offend anyone to the, uh, about this, but you know, when we would go out and party and I would finally come back to my dorm room or my apartment, uh, I was too afraid to lay down and sleep in the condition that I was in. And even in my drunken stupor, I would ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings because I didn't want to appear in front of him 
the way I was that night. And I'm so grateful uh, that he moved me away from that lifestyle. Uh, you know, I've been clean for 30 years, but maybe that was a message for someone here tonight uh, that, lo, I am with you always. And there's hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, hey guys, uh, we're going to start in the book of Job. I'm going to try to get through this, try to get everything that the Lord uh, gave me. I, I had so many uh, people praying for me coming up because uh, when I was told that I could uh, speak to you tonight, I was telling uh, Cassandra that uh, my wife and I, she had prepared some cheese and some fruit, and like I was kind of hungry, you know, and, and so when I, I saw my email that Pastor Ed had asked me to stand uh, in for him, I lost my appetite. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't want nothing to eat. I was like, but, you know, as I gradually came up to the podium, uh, there were like at least 10 people that laid their hands on me and gave me the strength to humbly come up and, and, and speak to you. And uh, uh, I, I thank you for those hands uh, that, that were laid upon me and, and uh, allowed the Lord to usher me up here and stand before you. Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And would you read them with me? I'm going to pray right quick. Uh, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would uh, order our steps tonight. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your word would be received. Uh, I, I pray personally, Heavenly Father, that uh, lives would be changed. Lord, that none of us would be the same person uh, that came in here. And when we leave, Heavenly Father, that we would be changed, spiritually speaking, Heavenly Father. Uh, that the Holy Spirit should work through us and around us, Heavenly Father, and that you would have your way in every seat that is occupied. And those that are listening, uh, by way of internet or radio, Lord. We ask that your message will come through me from you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> uh, so Job, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. <clears throat> I, I, I really don't believe that, uh, you know, when I read this, I don't know if Job really cared about what he had. I, I don't believe because the end of it, and I'll read, I'll finish up with that. The end of it says that he did something that was more important than wealth. I was looking at that word shun evil, and it meant to persistently avoid or ignore or reject or to stay clear of. And meant, that's the first message tonight, guys, is as evil comes to us, even though we're saved, do not let it seep into your heart. I mean, we signed up. Uh, 
somewhere at one of our God's altars and uh, we asked him to come into our life, uh, to be the Lord and Savior of our life. Be aware <clears throat> to shun away from evil. Verse 4, and his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. They were tight family, guys. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, sanctify many to set apart for holy purposes. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to, the, according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be, <clears throat> I don't want you to miss this, that my sons, and I'm going to include the word daughters as well. It may be that my sons and daughters have sinned and cursed God in their heart. And then what did Job do? Thus Job did regularly. Job wanted to make sure that his family was right with the Lord. Just as we do today, I, 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 I get prayer requests every day, and, and most of them these days, uh, if it's not cancer, it's drugs. If it's not drugs, it's my prodigal son or daughter. It doesn't really matter what age of the child is, a prodigal is a prodigal. Amen? It was important for Job to cover his family in prayer. It's important for us to cover our families in prayer. You know, I often get a chance to go down to U-turn with Brother Buck and, and the gang uh, that meets on uh, the last Thursday of every month. And uh, we'll, rot we'll rotate and teach it. And a lot of times when I see these young men, mostly, but of all ages and all nationalities, I would ask them point blank, who was praying for you? Somebody was praying for you. Somebody was praying for me. And now we get the uh, picture that Job is trying to give you and I that we have to cover our family, and, and not just our, our family uh, by birth, but our church family as well. We have to cover them in prayer. I, I like to call some of my brothers and sisters MIA. I don't like to do it. I just call them missing in action. Those that used to sit next to us or a couple of rows behind us that have decided that, you know, church just isn't for me right now. I'm just having too much fun out here to go and hear Pastor Ed tell me about my sins today. We need to be praying for those guys. Four things that uh, Job did that I want to give to you, very important. Number one, there was morning devotions. Two, there were parental prayers offered. Three, there were parental concerns. Four, there were parental duties. Without those obligations, guys, uh, 
we can expect things to go haywire at any time. One last comment. Job would rise early. I'm a morning person, and, and please uh, forgive me, if you're not a morning person, I'm not talking to you. I mean, because you can turn your, that day around and, and morning could be night, you know how it is. But just go with, just go with me on this one. He would rise early, and it's been found that the mind is so fresh in the mornings, and it's at its best in the morning hours. We are free of any distractions. If you wake up at four or five in the morning, there's quietness in the streets, guys. It's, it's, it's the time to be with the Lord. I, I often, uh, I, I'm like 4.35 o'clock, and, and, and it's so good to come before the Lord. Job rose early. We are free of the distractions. Our whole day is sanctified. And power is obtained from overcoming temptations that may arrive. Job prayed continually for loved ones on a regular basis. My point, pray continually, Christians. Pray continually. And, and I, need to call, I need to caution you. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm encouraging. I, I, I don't want to beat you over the head with my Bible. Be cautious that our prayer life can be hindered. I know you don't want to say amen to that, but it's true. And, and here's three things, three things, but there are more that I can give you that can cause our prayers to be hindered, unforgiveness. You know, that's a tough one. Doubt. Improper husband and wife relationships. And anything else that comes to our minds under this sanctuary. Sin will hinder prayers, guys. My encouragement to you and to myself daily is to ask God, which means to pray. Ask God to clean up your life and remove anything that doesn't bring glory to God. Can you turn to, uh, with me to Psalms 139? It's just two verses I wanted to give you uh, in regards to that, and we'll move on. And when you get there, just say amen. 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 Sometimes we don't say amen enough. Amen. 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 It means we're in agreement. I believe in God's word. Amen. Amen. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. God knows our heart. 
Try me and know my, anxiet my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I looked up that uh, word way. It was a course of action. Lasting through all times. Lord, lead me in that way until I take my last breath. God is good, guys. Hey, uh, let's go over to the New Testament, to Mark chapter 1. The bulk of our message is here. Doing good on time. Mark chapter 1. I, uh, I, I cut this down a bit uh, just because I, I wanted to give you a, a couple of points and didn't want to rush through it because of time. But to begin in that chapter, uh, John is preparing the way for Jesus. And uh, I, I thought about an old gospel song. Uh, you know, I grew up singing in the choir, man. And uh, I, uh, my dad was, uh, he, he traveled with a, uh, I shared this with some of the people in our fellowship. My dad traveled with a group, and uh, I was like the tag-along kid. And he would always take me uh, when they would rehearsal. And, and so, I, I, you know, I just loved gospel songs. And... Uh, one gospel song that I thought about today was uh, when I read about John uh, just sounding uh, the word that Jesus is coming. Uh, there's a song that said that there's a stranger in town, <laughs> and he's given sight to the blind. And I thought about Sister Bianca, uh, but it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't a... a, a, a a visionary blindness that John was wanted us to be aware of. It was a worldly blindness as well. Uh, you see, the world can blind us and uh, stumble us. It could run us away from the church. It could close the door to our prayer rooms. It could distract us. John was giving the word that uh, a man was coming, uh, a face that we had never seen before. He was going to be on the scene. To minister to us. John had to, he, he had the opportunity to baptize Jesus. And here in verse 9, we see a, a picture of uh, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Being pleased. And then right after that, we see Satan has the audacity to attempt to, to tempt Jesus. He tempts Jesus. But he doesn't succeed. And we get to verse 14, and, and the reason why I, I, 
I came alongside with that right there is that I wanted you to see the busyness of Jesus. You see, a lot of times we say, I'm too busy to pray. You know, I, I, I'm going to share my heart with you uh, about something that I see as the overseer of the prayer room that uh, you need to take home with you and pray over tonight. You know, the prayer room is right there. Right there, if you go out that room and there's that glass door, you'd see prayer being offered up. Amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything like that and say who goes by that door. It's, that prayer room started downstairs with a group of people, and then we began to pray uh, that the Lord would send people, other people who wanted to pray. And uh, we got too large for the room downstairs, and so they gave us this room, they gave us a door and blessed us with that. Uh, but, but what's heavy on my heart is that people walk right past the door. And, and, and that's God's room that we should be bringing our burdens to. But we're too busy to pray. And, and, and like I say, I'm, I'm not coming to you. I'm, I'm not running you out of the church or anything. I'm not overstepping my bounds. But uh, if, if I feel like that, I wonder how our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ feels when we had 15 minutes or 20 minutes to hop in there and say, I, I need to pray with someone. God answers prayers, guys. Amen. He answers prayers. Go with me. Notice the busyness of Jesus. Now, after John was put in prison, and that name will come up at the end of the sermon, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. What did he say? Repent and believe in the gospel. Do you believe tonight, church? We should carry ourselves like that, huh? I should too. I, I should carry myself more to believe in the gospel. Verse 16, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. They were blue-collar workers. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately, they immediately left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James and the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, who also, were, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And again, that word immediately, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. I made two notes right there for you. Obey when he calls you. Obey when he calls you. Obey when, 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 the, when you're called to go to the children's ministry. Obey when the high school ministry is in need of help. Obey when he calls you to come into the prayer room, guys. Obey when he wakes you up early and says, you know, we need to do business in your private prayer closet. Remember Job, he prayed regularly and he made sure that his family was covered. Not just 
the family by birth, but the fellowship as well. He will call us. My last note on that was, follow him. Verse 21, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. Thank God for that. And they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, our God has authority over all things, and not as the scribes. It wasn't legalism involved. Now there was a man, and, 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 and guys, pay close attention to this because I'm going to use it in a different way. And there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. Remember that word, those two words. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come here to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Every time I look at that, I, I hear two people talking. I, I hear the man that is in the human flesh, and then I hear something inside of that man. And then I got to thinking about uh, some, a lot of our prayer requests. They may ask that, would you pray for me? I'm 30 days clean off crack. I haven't had a drink all week, and I'm trying to stay dry for my family. Guys, we need to be praying for that type of thing in our city, in our families. Uh, maybe in your family, you don't have those kind of problems. But you know, it exists in our family. And uh, it's just something about that spirit, that, that, uh, that evil spirit that makes a person want to do something that actually they don't want to do it. And here I see where that man would be delivered by faith. It goes on to say, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. He, he told the spirit to be quiet and come out of that man. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. That man was in his right mind. And then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? And that's the way uh, our, uh, our walk with Jesus should be that when you have prayer, for example, with your neighbor, uh, with someone on your job, that they would feel the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon you as you pray for them. That's the power of prayer. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the name of the claimant deal. I'm just saying that our faith in God gives us the power uh, to come alongside someone that did not know God until you arrived. Amen? You guys are going to have to stay with me. I'm going to have to start reminding you that I have a Baptist back background. <laughs> and it's okay for you to say amen. You, amen, brother. I'll tell us what I'm talking about, man. He says, 
he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. You believe that? I do. I'm a living witness. And immediately his his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. The busyness of God. He's called his disciples. He's dealt with the unclean spirit. Oh, now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and, and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever. And they told him about her at once. The the commentary says that she was near death. But I I wanted you to, to, to check out that what did they do? They told him about her at once. That was a form of prayer. A request of these men on the behalf of this lady that was seriously ill. And what happened? So he came. When we call him, He'll come to us. We may not be able to see him, but we know he's there. Amen. He took her by her hand, lifted her up, and immediately, there's that word again, guys. Immediately, the fever left her, and she served him. At evening, when the sun had set, They brought to him all, all means all. We know that from Pastor Ed, all means all, who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. People that their, their lives were just torn up. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. This is the power of Jesus Christ. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. That's an awful lot of work to do, guys. And he was a busy, busy man. But I want you to take this. I I gave you that because... uh, I'm imagining that the day began and ended right there. And this is the most important part of this book right here for me and for you. Verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, what did he do? He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he Pray. After all that work, after we've, uh, we've worked that hard, uh, he wants us to come to the solitary place and pray. Sometimes we may hear ourselves say, I'm just too busy to pray. But please note, Mark 1, 35 says that The busier our Lord was, the more he prayed. The more you get busy, the more challenges that are in our life, the more we need to pray. Sometimes he had no leisure so much as to eat. And sometimes he had no leisure for needed rest and sleep. Yet Jesus always took time to pray. 
a time of morning devotions, a time of solitude, and a time for prayerfulness, guys. Can you turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 11, please? As we are getting close to closing. The Lord says, uh, the Lord's word says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And guys, this is what I want you to take. Lord, teach us to pray. That is an excellent and yet humble prayer request in itself right there. Teach us to pray. I made a note that says, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? Remember that, Lord, lay me down to sleep? Do I pray? We're asking Jesus, when we ask him to teach us to pray, we're asking Jesus to teach us what it is to pray to direct us what to pray for, that we may have your grace as we pray. The disciples had been observing Jesus praying for some times. They couldn't help but do so. They realized that prayer, the power of prayer, played a vital role in John the Baptist's life and in the life of the Lord. So it, so it should be their own practice as well. They observed the man in prayer. I've been studying, uh, I, have a, I have a little handy book I uh, wrote by Ian Browns, and uh, I wrote a quote down, and no offense to anyone, uh, but 105 years ago, it's when this book was, wrote, was written that I'm reading from. And this quote says, prayer must come first. Men and women are too busy with legitimate things to give themselves to prayer. We're just too busy. That's just the way the world is right now. But mind you, this was 105 years ago when he was addressing this. Other things are given the right of way. Prayer is set aside or made secondary. Business comes first. And this means not always that prayer is second, but prayer is put entirely out. Lord, teach us how to pray. Guys, my message to you tonight is uh, that you wouldn't leave prayer here. I'm reminded of the, the wonderful groups of threes and fours. Uh, I, if you could just hear it, uh, the beautiful sound of it. But don't leave it here. Take it with you. And take it to our neighborhoods. Take it for our country. Take it for our families. Uh, my desire is that we, uh, we become uh, 
one of the headquarters for the city that, that churches would look and say, it's something different. I, I remember a sister telling me, there's something happening here. And, and there is. But it's time uh, for the heat to be turned up just a little bit more. It's, it's time to pray for our pastors a little bit more. Time to pray for our families. It's time to pray, to pray for those that come in to the most excellent way downstairs. It's, it's just time to pray. And, and, and if we don't lose that, if, if we hold on to that, if we press in uh, to the garment, if we just believe in our heart as the lady did with the issue of blood, she, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, that he'll do something that man could not do. So guys, I, I leave you with that. And I, I just uh, ask that you would uh, you take my heart tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, I am reminded of this. I'm just reminded of your word, Lord, and uh, we thank you tonight. We give honor and glory to you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are King of kings and Lord of lords, and there's none like you. I have a request that if there be any uh, that know that they need to give their lives to the Lord tonight, uh, I want you to know that the altar is uh, open for you. Uh, I'm reminded that uh, when the altar call was called for me in a little Baptist church that uh, I would always talk myself out of it. And I would always say, next Sunday or next time. And uh, I thank you for God's grace tonight that, uh, that he allowed me to get to the point where I, I came to the foot of the cross. And so if that be you tonight that need to do business with the Lord, to need to ask him to forgive he or she for my sins and my shortcomings are, you're welcome to come. Uh, as Pastor Ian closes in his song, uh, if there be some that are in need of prayer, some that said, you know, I, I came in one way, but I don't want to leave the same way. Uh, there's some things that I need to deal with on my heart uh, that I need prayer for. Come. So, Lord, we thank you, and uh, we praise your name. We thank you for the breath of life that are in our lungs, uh, the warm blood that runs through our bodies. Uh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the service tonight, and we thank you for the privilege to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. 
Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.